What's going on, everybody? This is Justin coming to you live from Seattle, Washington. Uh, we got a packed show for you guys today. Middle of holiday season, as well as COVID basketball season. It's been a wild ride already. Uh, we run through our sports headlines this week. Then we recap the Gonzaga basketball game uh, with West Virginia. Unfortunately, Baylor will not be included for obvious reasons. Uh, and then we have an awesome interview with Tyler Seth. Um, he doesn't need much of an introdu- introduction if you went to Gonzaga, um, but if not, we'll dive into that. And then, uh, yeah, we, we'll update you guys on the gauntlet this week. But boys, how are we feeling? Hey, Jay Page, thanks for that beautiful introduction as always. This is Jake in Alaska. It's dark, it's cold, but I'm hanging with the boys tonight, so I'm feeling good. What's up, what's up, gentlemen? I can't tell you enough. I am on cloud nine. Your boy Zane is officially in his last semester of law school. The Zag takes will be flowing tonight and the drinks will be flowing tonight, baby. Let's go. We love to hear that. And as always, we're joined by our interns, Dan and Coop and Zambian Spirit. Zambi, feel better. But with that being said, I'm going to hand it off to Dan to get us started with our sports headlines this week. All right, boys. Uh, the 2020 basketball season started with so much promise. And then we wake up Saturday morning, find out the Baylor game's canceled. Since then, the Zags are on pause. They've paused all team activities. Due to COVID protocols, that means we're going to miss the Baylor game, the highly anticipated Tarleton State game, Southern, Northern Arizona, Idaho. We had Gonzaga basketball just like that. It's now on pause. I know, I'm pretty sure I was quoted on this show saying, as long as we get that Kansas game, I don't care what happens for the rest of the season. But we got the Kansas game, and I'm still very hurt we had to reschedule Baylor. I was so disappointed. Yeah, I, I think uh, perhaps the worst part, just, just for this podcast in general, is that we had hyped this game up for so long, one versus two. We had made plans to come over to Zane's apartment. The podcast was finally going to get together to watch a game. We were going to record right after live and in person, and then it just got snatched from us, just like the – what anyway, Coop, the Grinch on Christmas. Mm. Yeah, it was it was definitely tough. I was fired up, man. I was gonna wear my new. I had new jeans. I was gonna wear. I was so excited. Dude, Same. I had a new. I had a new Gonzaga polo that I was gonna wear. The little camo oh. ones. Oh man, the boys were gonna look fresh. Boys were gonna be fresh. Boys were gonna be spicy, and uh, Zags were gonna take a dub. But I mean, all things considered, it could be worse. Our star player might be a little bit more healthy uh, the next time Zags, the Zags score off against Baylor, which sounds like it's going to happen um, before the NCAA tournament, which I'm really excited about. And um, yeah, I mean, you can only be optimistic right now. It sucks, but we just got to keep it rolling. Yeah. I think, I think uh, Dan was kind of pitching this to our group chat when we were all pouting and, and he can speak to this uh, a little more if he wants afterwards. But basically, like, honestly, this could be a good thing in the long run. I'm not saying it's good that anyone got sick. I'm saying playing Baylor during our week WCC schedule could be better for this team once the tournament is approaching. Um, did, did I give your opinion correctly, Dan? I think so. Uh, the only thing that it seems like, I, I think we all figured out that Baylor and the Zags are both off from, like, 
after the Iowa game for like a week or something like that. So it would be right before WCC play that we'd see that game if we fit it in that window. But I would just think with the uncertainty of the season, there's always a chance that something gets canceled and Mark Few and Scott Drew say, Hey, let's go. We got to play this game. And maybe it comes in January, February. I don't know, but uh, hopefully we see that game. And then I just think, you know, with the uncertainty of the season, we're going to see other marquee matchups at some point, you know, down the road that aren't on the schedule right now. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I like this way. You know, we, we start out, we play, what, five Kansas, and we, we were going to jump to two Baylor, but we realized we got to beat three Iowa first to unlock Baylor mm-hmm. at number two. It's it like just a makes video more game. sense. You don't start with the boss on level three. You started at the end. Mm-hmm. What, what happens mm-hmm. when you are the boss? Uh, then we just win the, the tournament. <laughs> Yep, that's fair. I know. I, I'm really excited. I hope they can squeeze it in, you know, sometime in the holiday season. Like, nothing will get me more fired up than a little Christmas Eve matchup or a day after Christmas. Woo, that'd be nice. But, I mean, I'd take anything I get at this point. And I really hope that, you know, like, Portland's going to be like, oh, we can't play. So then Mark Few might call his friend John Calipari or uh, someone like that and be like, hey, let's square off, baby. Come on. During the regular season. Not that we're hoping any team gets sick. No, 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 no. But <laughs> there might be other circumstances. All right, moving on to the next one. Uh, still a very much of a COVID-related sports headline. We're talking college football playoff. The playoff's going to be determined in 11 days. Right now, the top four remains what we've been seeing all year. Alabama, Clemson – or sorry, Alabama, Notre Dame. Thank you, Daniel. Clemson, and yes, the pesky 4-0 Ohio State Buckeyes still there. So Ohio State was supposed to play Michigan on Saturday. They got canceled because of COVID. That then would take away Ohio State's uh, requirement to play six games to qualify for the Big Ten Championship. The Big Ten today said, who cares about that requirement? We need Ohio State to play in the Big Ten title so they can get into the playoff. So it sounds like we're going to have a little bit of chaos, boys. What do we think of the way this uh, playoff is going to shake out here as we're like I said, about 11 days away from the committee making their selection. Well, I think, I mean, for, well, obviously Notre Dame and Clemson still play in the ACC championship. I think Clemson needs to win this game more than Notre Dame, just because Notre Dame has already has a win, albeit over uh, Lawrence-less Clemson. But as long as Notre Dame keeps it a close game, they should be locked in. Yeah, well, if Clemson loses, they're out. They're done. They're not going to go to the playoff with two losses. They, I mean, I, I wouldn't be like surprised just, if Alabama beats um and what they play Florida, right? Yeah, they'll get Florida, who is number six right now behind Texas A and M at five. Yeah, because A and M beat Florida head to head. Who does A and M play next, or are they done? A and M, I think their last game got canceled, so I think A and M's done. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I think unless Notre Dame wins by, like, two possessions, they would still go with Clemson. I think I'd take an 11-2 and two Clemson team over a 5-0 and Ohio State. Uh, I don't think so. I disagree. Not if they're a Big Ten champion, Ohio State. Apparently that means a lot even in a year where they're, the championship is ridiculous. They're playing well, Northwestern. Doesn't, well, I would okay. take both of them over the A&M team. Doesn't, doesn't this kind of – all seems silly though, because the idea for the, the playoff is four best teams. It seems like everyone kind of feels like the four best teams, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio state. 
it seems like all these other schools are like, well, it would be kind of fun to see Coastal Carolina. It would be kind of fun to see BYU. That's not what the playoff is for. It's not, it would be kind of fun. The four best teams, those are the four best teams. There's kind of little argument that those are not the four best teams, even with Ohio State not playing as many games. They're still considered one of the four best teams. I don't think that's true for Ohio State this year, personally. I don't know what you guys think, but Ohio State hasn't been that impressive at all. But who do you think – who would be better – who would you put in ahead of Ohio State? I think Florida, man. I think Florida has been impressive, and they got the Heisman winner, I think, Kyle Trask on that team. We'll see what they do against Alabama in the SEC Championship. They they have to win to get in there. Uh, So I don't think they're going to do that. But So then they shouldn't be in in the first place. What I think should happen, Cincinnati plays Texas A&M. Just winner of that game takes over if either Clemson or Ohio State loses. You know what? It should just not be a four-goddamn team playoff, which is the stupidest thing in the world. Especially this year. be in at a 12 seed. <laughs> Especially this year. They, they should have just thrown out the normal thing and said, and, all right, we're going eight. And nobody's talking about USC knocking on the door as undefeated Pac-12 team right now. Man, I want to hear your argument right now for USC in this playoff. I don't have one, Cooper, because I don't think they should be in it because they stink. They're a farce. Everything they do well is just a farce. They beat they You're killed Wazoo. Off a big win off, off of Wazoo. Don't talk about the Cougs. Those their team was out partying just so they didn't have to play football. They stink. Hey, if SC runs the table in a dominant fashion, Pac-12 <laughs> champ, the brand name. I think it might get closer than people think. They're gonna okay. if Clemson gets knocked and that frees a spit. If USC will not make the playoffs, Jake, but could you imagine if USC and Notre Dame got to play in the playoffs? I would love that. We would crush you guys so easily. <laughs> SC might crack might crack the top ten if they do that. It's a win this year. USC is gonna end up in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Jay Page, who do you want in the playoffs? <laughs> who do I want in the playoffs? Yeah. To be honest, I don't really care that much. <laughs> it's fun to watch. Good take, but, good uh, take. That's what it boils down to. No one really cares. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I want to watch. I mean, it's always fun to watch, like, Ohio State play, like, a Clemson or Alabama or even Notre Dame. But Notre Dame seems oh. to always get their asses kicked in the playoffs. So kind That's of like, Clemson this year. That's We're back. Fun. It's fun to watch Notre Dame. I, it just happens. It, it's just like a tradition. Like, you're just like, oh, you're home for the holidays. Oh, Notre Dame's playing Clemson this year. Oh, they're getting their asses kicked. All <laughs> you right. Know, well, Jake, I feel right. for you. I feel for you because Notre Dame in the playoff is like what the Dodgers used to be like in the playoffs, where you just like – turn off your phone you don't answer any of your friends because you know they're just giving you shit that's gonna be you during the playoff games hey this was the year for the dodgers is this the year for the irish it would be ironic because both teams prior to 2020 their previous championships were both 88 oh what are you saying that sounds like destiny all right real quick do you really think notre dame can beat alabama this year I don't think anyone can beat Alabama this year, but I think Notre Dame has as good of a shot as any of the other three teams in college football playoffs right now. That's fair. Huh? Reasonable. Like no, Alabama's just pulling out like 200 yard receivers. Like they have like five of them. I feel like each week it's like, Oh yeah. He broke the record for yeah. <laughs> what the quarterback's name is what Mac Jones. Who Mac Jones. That's a quarterback, I, right? I don't know. Yeah. It's scary that, that Alabama dude, or is he's surrounded really by five-star five star receivers and a five-star O-line. 
A little bit of both. I've seen some of his throws, man, where there is literally not anybody within like 20 yards of a receiver. Also, I have to give a shout out. Ian Book now leads Notre Dame in all-time wins for a quarterback. Dude, Ian Book low-key could steal the Heisman this year. That would be (laughs) hilarious. It would, he would be the worst Notre Dame Heisman winner by a fuck ton. No one's, no one's stealing the Heisman from Kyle Trask. All right. For the quarterback. All right. All right. Next, we'll, next headline. We'll hit right. the next. Yeah. We'll, we'll have much more college football playoff to discuss next week after things happen. All right. Last but not least, fresh off of his knockout of Nate Robinson. Oh, nope. Nope. Wrong, wrong brother. Oh no! Really? Oh, tough lead in for Dan. Uh, uh, fresh off his brother's knockout, Nate <laughs> <laughs> Robinson, Logan Paul is coming after Floyd Money Mayweather. I clearly know a lot about this topic, so boy, someone else talk about this. Something, something tells me social media star Cooper Hoon has a has a good take about this one. <laughs> I mean, I know as much as the headline does, but basically after the Jake Paul, Nate Robinson fight, Logan decides to one up his brother and say, Hey, me and Floyd book it. So I don't know. I I think it's February, early February, maybe February 20th, 21. Yeah. February 20th. um, They're fighting. I think it is a boxing match. Um, Boxing match. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Dude, Logan I, Paul has lost twice to this guy named KSI. Is that is that who he is? He's just like a YouTuber. Logan Paul's <laughs> lost two of his fights to a YouTuber, and because his brother beat an ex-NBA be- basketball player, he can just fight Floyd freaking Mayweather, 50-0. Yeah. Well, I mean, my – go ahead, Paige. I was just going to say, I get it. It's for content. But if Conor McGregor – couldn't you know go the distance with Floyd? Like, how do you think it's going to end even better or any better? You know, well, it's, it's almost like a, a health concern. My, I mean, my two cents is that I believe Logan Paul, if I'm not mistaken, is 6'3, probably 220. I think he wrestled in college. I um, mean, Mayweather's what, 5'8, five, 5'9? Five, <laughs> but like the best boxer in the world. <laughs> that is the thing is, if Logan lands one punch, He's gonna knock Floyd out. I think. Coop, not Coop. at all. Coop, not this at is all. this is what everyone says about all these fights where it's like an underdog. Like even when McGregor was there, oh, he's got a puncher's chance. I have a puncher's chance against any boxer. That doesn't mean it's gonna happen. Floyd Mayweather is like the best defender since Ali. That that's why his fights always go the distance is because he just wears guys out by just like scoring points on defense. I, Floyd is just gonna let this guy just throw haymakers wild. And he's just gonna pop him once in the jaw, and it's over. I, I, I mean, guarantee. I think that's. Floyd, that's I mean, Floyd I, throws a harder punch than Logan. I firmly believe that's what's gonna happen. But I mean, if Logan can land one decent hit, I mean, that so, could be interesting. The only way Floyd Mayweather loses this fight is if he's put a huge bet on Logan Paul under <laughs> a different name, and he wins like fifty to one odds, and it just walks away, like. But he cares about his legacy too much, so it won't happen. But I mean, this is like having a like a celebrity play LeBron James one on one in twenty one. Like we know it's going to happen, and we'll tune in because we want blood. <laughs> but that's all we got for our headlines this week. Good job, uh, intern Dan. 
the headlines, the fire, the heat, it's always around. Um, but with that being said, we're going to move on to our next segment. And Suggs reaching down and grabbing the back of his left ankle, and this is not good news. He slipped, his left foot skidded a couple of times, and then he tried to stop his momentum. And remember, this guy's football player tough, right? Played football all through high school, and you can see how much pain he is in right now. He is very cautiously making his way towards the line. Boy, and he is uh, stepping up the activity a little bit in the hallway right now. Jalen Suggs, after leaving the game with an injury in the first half that looked like it could be serious, he was in a lot of pain. I don't know about you, Jay. I didn't expect to see this. He is checking back into the game. Nemhart shakes one defender, gets another one in the air, and scores. Timmy running the floor at the other end, and a chance for three. Numbers for the Zags. Lob and the finish for Kispert. And the rebound down to Culver has it taken away. Ayayi with the save. Kispert. And give Ayayi a lot of credit. Nemhard, another great pass, and Ayayi lays it in. McBride is trying, and it's swatted away by Suggs. West Virginia was up, and Gonzaga just explosively takes the lead by four. The Mountaineers will let the clock run out. They fight hard. They do a lot of good things, but in the end, it's Gonzaga that wins the game. Um, reviewing last week's game with West Virginia. Was that a week ago? It was a week ago, huh? Wednesday. Feels like a lifetime ago. However, as you all know, Gonzaga won 87 to 82. It was a tough match. I think we have to start with the elephant in the room, the Suggs injury. I don't know about you guys. I was petrified. I was like, no. Did what happen just happen? What were your guys' takes on the on the Suggs scare? Uh, it, it felt it, it was like the feeling like when you get like hit on the balls and like you don't feel it yet, but you can just you just know extreme pains coming. Because you're just like, it's not that we could lose this game now. It's that the the promised season, the like promise, like, you know, Prince that was promised, Jalen Suggs, is 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 will only have played two games for the Zags. And it was just a horrible, horrible feeling. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Jake. I mean, sitting on my couch watching what was, you know, a fine start to the game. Um, and then you see Suggs go down and the way he grabs, where he grabs, the location that he grabs in his immediate reaction. I mean, it took the wind completely out of our sails, uh, not just as fans, but you could see it with the players right away. Um, the, I, what made matters worse was that this, the arenas that we're playing in are just silent. So it was mm -hmm. just silent. There was no, it was, there was nothing. It was horrible. And uh, I mean, I'll put my head up. My first reaction to the season's done. We're done. I don't even care anymore. It took, <laughs> it took a while until I don't know who, who it was, but someone else was like, wait, wait, we have three other all Americans or like, like people on our wa all American watch list on this team. We still got to stay focused boys. So I, I was reeled back in just like the team was reeled back in, in the second half. Um, it was great to see him come back though. I think that was phenomenal to see him come back. Uh, I think, 
clearly it wasn't as bad as it initially looked because it initially looked like a season ending injury uh, and to see him play in the second half, I think at first was, was a on its face questionable to see him come in clearly after a couple minutes, he was fine. And so that was, that was really good to see. Very, very glad. We still have Jalen Suggs able to play for us. Yeah, that is, that is quite the relief. There was rumors on the streets this weekend that, uh, that Zane had turned the TV off once the injury happened. So false rumors, very false. <laughs> I put my head down and sulked in the corner. That's what I did. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll have to check with our sources then, but no, I, everything you guys said is true. And we're, we're just happy to have him back on in all honesty. But uh, Jake, let's start with you. What's, what was your overall impression of the, uh, of the win? Um, overall impression. I thought it was a really gutsy win. I thought it was a very important win to have. Because although the Kansas game, like Kansas did bring it back, and I think they tied us at one point, this was the first game where we were definitely on our heels. We definitely, what, we were down by, I think, up to nine at one point, And we had an easy excuse to bow out of this game. Like, Timmy wasn't hitting his shots. Our five-star point guard had a what looked like a season-ending injury. But we stayed focused. Suggs got back in the game and we just, we just gutted out this win. And even though it felt like we didn't score that much, we still ended the day with 87 points. So I just, it, it almost made me view us even more as a championship team because we're, we're not just playing cupcake teams, obviously. And we're not just, we, we, we don't just play hard when we're up by 20. We play hard for the entire game, even if there's some, kind of reeling spots. So I was very, very optimistic at the end of the game. Yeah, I, I agree with Jake. I think uh, gutsy performance is correct. I think especially when you consider two of our three-headed monsters were down for at least half of this game. Obviously, Suggs was out with the injury. Uh, Timmy's first half, we'll get into that later, but it was ugly to say the least. Um, and so if we're still able to win a game like this against a very competitive West Virginia team, I, I think West Virginia looked pretty good. I think West Virginia is a tournament team. I think they can, they looked like they could be a final four team. I'm not going to say they will be, they could be obviously a lot depends on the draw, but um, a couple of the uh, notable stats we had, we had our guys still step up this game. Kispert 19, Timmy 17, uh, Ayai. The French Flash came to play, 21 points. Nemhard 19. Uh, Nemhard just doing it all this game. We'll, again, we'll talk about this a little later, but six assists, five rebounds from Nemhard. I don't think we expected to see this sort of game from Nemhard this quickly. Um, a couple of other key stats that I pulled from this game. The Zags, three-point percentage, four for 16. Uh, rebounds, we got out-rebounded 36 to 41. Um, our defense... Nine steals compared to West Virginia's two steals. That was good. And we don't turn the ball over, boys. 11 turnovers against another, like, marquee defensive team. I, I love the way we protect the ball. Yeah. Yeah, those are all great stats. And you guys made some really good points. And honestly, like, this might be our toughest win this year, all things considered. I All due respect to Iowa and eventually, hopefully, Baylor, at least in the regular season. Um 
I think because you lose someone like Jalen Suggs who gives so much energy to this team and so much life. Like he is just he is he he's a ball of energy. I mean, you see it on the defensive end, you see him jumping up and getting rebounds over uh over Shibway, and you're just like, holy crap, this guy's a he's a beast. And so when you lose that type of guy, I mean, for them to re- retaliate like that, it was it was just great to see, all in all. But we'll keep this thing going. Uh, we're adding a new little portion to the Zag review, player of the game, which will eventually turn into player of the week. I'll start with you, Jake. Who is your player of the game and why? Uh, I'm gonna go. I think against the grain of. I would say the slight majority here. Um, I'm going to go Ayayi over over Nemhard. Um, and I just think, while Nemhard was amazing on the offensive end, I don't think anyone's taking away um, that performance. Ayayi was everywhere. He was rebounding. He had, I think it was his, he had his most points in his Gonzaga career. He had some huge steals, like, like game, you know, Ayai always plays his best at like the most pivotal moments and big games. It feels like when we played you dub last year and we were only about like four and he hits that huge three or like in the WCC tournament, or he played great in the Bahamas against um, Oregon. He had some great late baskets. He just, he is so calm under pressure. He'll do whatever you need with how long all our guards are, he can just read that lane, get the steals, get those extra possessions that we need. That just makes our offense somehow even better. I I'm just going the French flash just because he, he just stepped up leadership wise. Yeah. Uh, I'll take, I'll, I'll go first. I got to say, I think this is a pick em right here between AI and Nemhard. Um, Nemhard was actually the player of the game, according I was it ESPN calling this game. They named him player of the game. Um, I mean, what, what can we say about Nemhard here that hasn't been said? This guy, you know, when Suggs went down, I think we all discussed like how we all were taken aback by that. A lot of us thought Kispert would be kind of that guy to bring us back. Maybe Timmy would be that guy to bring us back. No, it was the transfer who just got his waiver granted a couple of weeks ago, who was really the source of all the energy for this team. Dan reminded us here that Namhard went on a 5-0 and personal run late in the first half after West Virginia uh, went up nine, which that was a very, very pivotal moment in this game. Uh, just go through Nemhard's stat line. It's in, the guy doesn't miss free throws. He airballs three-pointers, but he doesn't miss free throws. <laughs> Uh, rebounds. He got five rebounds for us. That's only two behind Ayai. And a and Ayai is known for rebounding. So for Nemhard to be mixing it up down low, especially on a night where Timmy only had three rebounds and Watson only had four, for our guards to be for Nemhard to be down there, uh, that that was huge for us. Uh, assist six assists. I mean, that's what a point guard does, right? And so two turnovers. The guy the guy showed up when we needed him. Uh, this is, this is a pick em. take your pick between a and Nemhard. I would say we kind of expected a to have flashes like this, this year of 20 plus point games, just because of the leap we saw him took last year. I personally did not expect to see Nemhard, um, perform at this level, certainly not this early. Um, and so that's why I'll, I'll give you a different option in, in Andrew Nemhard for uh, player of the game. Break the tie, Paige. 
Awesome. Yep. Looks like it's up to me to break this tie. Um, I think I, I feel like both guys obviously played great. You know, I don't want to repeat anything you guys have said. Uh, personally, I feel like Nemhard's performance um, really put us over the top. I don't think we win that game if, if Andrew Nemhard's here. Um, I mean, just the fact that you can plug in a guy like him to handle the lead guard duties when a guy like Jalen Suggs goes out, I mean, that just speaks to our depth right there. And that's why we're such a force this year. Um, there was another run. I don't remember exactly when, um, and I don't remember what the scores were, but Nemhard, I believe he had a quick two and then assisted on four more points. So two more buckets, um, late in the game, later on in the second half, there were huge, I believe it was to give us the lead or something along those lines. I mean, he was, his impact was all over the game. He was guarding McBride, their lead guard, the entire game. I uh, did. A, I thought he did a quality job. He's not known for his athleticism or anything, but he plays sound defense. So uh, it was all just a really good win. And there's rumbles that this was the game that Nemhard became a Zag, which I personally loved. I think that's very true. Uh, he earned his. We call him. We'll call him the Zag pinstripes. This game, um, and I'm excited to what he can really bring now that he has a little bit more confidence uh, within the Zags offense. So uh, I think intern Dan has something to add on uh, to this discussion. I was going to say uh, I have another takeaway after like we kind of, you know, break down the rest of the game, but I will go here. If we're talking about certain players, I've got a guy that his performance was probably very underrated, but as the one that's been uh, assigned to really evaluate our guy, Balo. Oh, wait, Dan's Balo watch. Dan's Balo watch of the week. Balo watch. Lamar Balo, huge performance in this game. Very quiet, big performance. We won by five. Ballo had six points. To me, the biggest thing that jumped out to me, the dude was four of five at the free throw line, including like crucial free throws in the second half when he was playing big minutes in a big game against a big-time opponent against very good interior players for West Virginia. Just the strides we saw from what started in Kansas to West Virginia makes me think that Ballo – will get on the track that we need him to be on. I, I couldn't agree more, Dan. Um, it, it, he looked like a different player in this game than he did it in Kansas. Because Kansas, like we have already discussed, the dude had stones for hands. The ball was just <laughs> flying out of his hand. In this game, he how many and ones did he convert? Two? Did he have two and ones? Definitely one. He at least had one. Uh, he was four for five line though yeah Yeah, at the line going to the line i mean to have a big guy that can shoot at the line is awesome the shot the stroke um doesn't look great i don't know if anyone anyone that size looks great shooting free throws but it goes in and so when the ball no matter what it looks like yeah when it's when it's falling through the net making the sound it 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 sounds great so i i love to see ballo taking these strides was it was it this game where I think it was his first shot? Like it looked like he almost ran out of bounds. Like and he saved it like, and threw it back, right? Yeah, yeah and, yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh god, it's gonna be another yep. out of control game. Oh but yeah, then, his first touch was scary. I think I yeah. I, was like, I think Dan texted the group. He's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, that was. I mean, it was great to see him contribute, but. I guess we'll keep this we'll keep this train mo- moving, boys. Uh, one positive, one negative. Jake, let's start it back with you. What's your one positive thing from this game? Uh, one positive. Um, I'm gonna stick with the um, 
the the Zags kind of rallying um, through adversity. I mean, you have the whole kind of deck stacked against you. A very good West Virginia team who I completely agree with Zane. Like, will probably be like that three seed no one wants to face in this in this tournament is what I I see them as. Um, with Suggs being injured, Timmy just missing shots he won't miss, but the team just steps up. I think our whole debate about who the player of the game is and it really being almost a coin flip just shows us how many guys are ready to step up and, and just gut out a win. Um, I think that was my biggest positive. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, again, if you look at the stat line, the number assists of assists on this team, you, you just look at the gutty, the gutty stats. Don't look at the points, even though those are all pretty even too. The assists are just massive. Suggs, even with his injury, five. Ayai, four. Kispert, two. Watson, two. Nemhard, six. The rebounding, even though it wasn't a great rebounding game, you have every guy contributing. You have our guards out-rebounding our bigs. West Virginia is also one of the best rebounding teams. Yeah, it's a false – it's a little bit of a funky stat there, but the fact that our guards can get in there when our bigs aren't getting the job done down low is huge. Um, and it, it speaks to our guard depth, which I think Tyler, Seth, special guest, uh, alludes to later on in our interview. A little tease there. Oh, a little spicy tease. You love to see it. Yeah, and I'll just close out the uh, the positivity this of this segment. Um, I mean, seeing Nemhard just contribute like he did, uh, you see why he was a five star. You see why he was, you know, one of the better guards in the SEC last year, and now he's coming off our bench slash in for when our star goes down um it's just all great things to see everything you guys mentioned is all right on point as well um i'm excited i'm excited we have the best backcourt in the nation as far as i'm concerned um let's keep this rolling jake this is the worst part of the segment every week what's one negative we got to get better somehow jake wait do i do um, i get well, a positive do i do i get a positive oh, oh, i was just give a little <laughs> pitch in it's all right. Paige, Paige stepped away to go to the kitchen for a second to get another drink. We'll forgive him. My positive, it'll be real quick because we already talked about it, was just a yai doing the French flash. Easy peasy pick for me. Obviously, we talked about how he could have been a player of the game. Does he seem to do things, so many good things on this team quietly, things that go unnoticed, just like random rebounds, random hustle plays, battling down low with the, with the team's bigs. I think at one point in this game, West Virginia got a rebound and he knocked it out of the guy's hand and was able to toss it out to Kispert and Kispert buried a three. That might be on the drop that we played before this segment that I created, Paige. You remember that? But just the ayay little things that finally have like amounted to huge numbers in this game. I love to see it. I love my guy Yai. French flash. Ayay, but you got to yell it. No, I mean, I completely agree. He's one of the best complimentary players. If you look at the stats where it's showing like best pairs of Gonzaga players this year, like a is like on like four out of five of them. It's just because, because we have so many skilled guards and bigs that like they naturally draw defenders and a guy, cutting ability is so good because whether it's Suggs to a or Nemhard to a or even a Timmy to a it's just, you're like, oh, wow, he just cut to the basket and had, like, the easiest layup ever. But it, it's not, like, that easy of a play. He just reads it so well and just mm-hmm. knows he has that space. Definitely. He's very crafty, especially when, 
you know, a player like a Suggs or a Timmy drives his way, he just hits the backdoor cut. Um, so it's great to watch. And, and Jake, I'll ping pong right back to you, man. We got to get better, as I, as I mentioned before. What's one negative the Zag team saw this week? Well, besides Corey Kispert, people could start hitting three-pointers. I mean, we're, we're still shooting 29% as a team. You take away Kispert from that, we're shooting 20% from the three as a team, and that's got to change because one thing Baylor does extremely well is their guards shoot the three ball, and eventually, you know, if, if Timmy's not having a great game like in West Virginia – we're going to need those to fall in some close games. You know, really impressive we can win games only shooting 25% from the three, but we could just have no stress at all if we could just hit the three at like a 35% clip. Yeah, the three-point shooting sucks. There's no easy way around it. I think um, as Zag fans, that's kind of one thing we, we hang our hat on. Every year we have that three-point shooter whether it's, you know, I'll just start from when I was in school, Pangos, Wiltshire, uh, you got all these guys that can, that can shoot the three and they do it consistently. We don't have that past Kispert this year. And Kispert's so good down low and he's so big that if he's actually kind of playing that three slash stretch four, you know, we can't hang our hat on Kispert making every three. I think Suggs, I think uh, we would have made more threes if Suggs is in the game. He seems to have that three ball down at least just from what we've seen here. But, um, I mean, look at the stats. Watson, 0 for 2. Timmy, 0 for 2. Suggs, 0 for 1. I'll give him a break there. Cook, 0 for 1. Nemhard, 1 for 3. Nemhard finally got one to fall. That was phenomenal to see. But, oh, like, I would really, really – we heard about Timmy's three-point shooting and his, his ability to extend the floor now. And it's just – we'd really love to see that. God, I would love to see Watson hit one of these threes to just – prove that we have a fifth man when we're on offense i'll get to that more later but Can we're not seeing the three a lot right now if this team had tilly oh. in place of the four for watson like oh man oh man we'd be scoring 120 points a game like that would be <laughs> impossible to guard because you'd have to respect the four drifting out yeah and I, th- I think a lot of it has to do with this team doesn't just rely on the three to beat other teams we have so many guys that are good at the uh, at just like driving and slashing that we don't really need it. But I don't know. I'd like to see it improve. I don't like seeing so many air balls, so many do- Timmy's close. Every every Timmy three looks good when it leaves his hand. It just barely freaking misses in it. I'm I'm on my feet every time it's up in the well, air. Right now, he's probably our third best three point shooter, and that I, should change. You I should don't think not be that. Has he made a three yet? I don't think he has this. Yeah, year. he's made a couple against I think Auburn. Right. One at least. Yeah, one at least. But Zane, what what's your negative for this week? All right. Well, I didn't want to have to do this to our guy. I went to bat for him early on this year uh, to be to remain in the starting lineup. I think Nemhard might have something to say about that now. But Spokane's finest, Anton Watson. Boys, I'm just. I, he's just. His stats don't look good this year. On face, he's not contributing in ways that are super super noticeable his role on this team is to be a lockdown defender and to be that true kind of four position player for us and you know i i'm just i'm just not feeling anton watson right now uh if you look at his stats they're 
they're terrible uh, through the first three games, nine points in three games um, has not hit a three pointer yet, despite tossing up four. I think if he hits one or two of those threes, this is kind of a different story, but with Watson on the floor, his offensive presence is just not, he's kind of a ghost on offense. It at times it feels like we're playing four on five when we're on offense. And luckily we have four other guys that are so good offensively that it works. Um, but, and, and, and you would, you would look at these numbers offensively and you say, wait, 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 he's got to be doing the job on defense and with his rebounding, right? No, not really still getting out rebounded by every single guard on the team. And when I say every single guard, I mean, Suggs, Ayai, Kisper and Nemhard. and his defensive rating has dropped nearly 20 points from where it was last year. It was an 87 last year, which is absurdly high for a freshman. And it was only 15 games, but through three games, it's at 104. And so the offensive rating or defensive rating are flipped. So the higher defensive rating, the worse it is. That And, and it's not a true uh, showing of like where he's at defensively, but it's not good. 104 is not a good defensive rating. So I am concerned about Anton Watson right now. I would just like to see something. I would like to see some sort of presence on offense, and I'd like to see way more on defense. Zin, you're, you're not the only one concerned about Mr. Anton Watson. I did a Google search here just because I wanted to see again how tall he is because he kind of feels like a tweener. He's 6'8". So in my Google search, you know, the, the people also ask, what happened to Anton Watson? <laughs> so this is clearly a thing that it's not just us. It's not just you. Uh, so yeah, this is certainly a problem that may hold the team back. Got to hope for the best that he can just, you know, kind of get, get his feet under him again and, and regain his rhythm. But pretty funny that this is also a thing on Google. That's funny. Yeah. And to back my guy, Anton, a little bit, I'm definitely an Anton Homer. I think it's not of his precise defensive metrics. I think the fact that Gonzaga can switch comfortably having Anton in the lineup with teams like Baylor, teams like West Virginia is very, very, very important for the, there's just, just the overall defensive scheme. And it's, I mean, it's, he's going to have shitty defensive metrics when he gets matched with, say a, a McBride on West Virginia on a switch and he takes him to, it's just going to happen, but Gonzaga is comfortable enough with him in there uh, to do that and to, you know, roll the dice with that as opposed to maybe like, you know, like a Balo, he'd just get cooked. No offense, Balo. Um, <laughs> but anywho, and, and his offense will come. He's a really smart player. Um, he had a couple of dimes to Timmy uh, in, against West Virginia that I think just kind of shows his IQ. He knows when Timmy's going to cut. Um, but you're right. He, he does need to step it up with his shooting. Uh, they need to be able to respect that. But I'll move on to my negative. Um, I think it's definitely a fear of every Zag fan right now. And something we're not really used to um, is the overall depth of our big men. Um, Dan mentioned Watson's a little bit of a tweener. Uh, this week, we kind of saw what happens when Timmy is off. Granted, West Virginia has an extremely physical uh, front front court. Uh, they have, you know, Shibway. They have, uh, is it Culver? As well as that other guy that came off the bench. I think it was like Asabuye or something like that. Um, very, very physical guys. And, you know, that just kind of comes with their team identity. But it was it kind of felt like at times it was Timmy versus all three. And he just looked a little bit overwhelmed. 
And right now it's a, it's a little bit of a negative. It's just a concern that we don't really have the depth and the usual Zag big men down there. Like we're used to having like Shemek down there and Zebo down there. and Just guys like that, that really, even Clark, just his defensive presence that are able to really affect the game defensively, physically. Um, so that's definitely a negative and a concern from my end. And I think, you know, Ballo showed that he's making strides to maybe shore up that a little bit, but he's not quite there yet, uh, even with his positive performance. Um, to me, I think Ballo needs to get a little bit of a mean streak in him because um, at, at the end of the day, he, was, he looked bigger than both, all of West Virginia's bigs. And they're like 22-year-old men. And Ball is 18, and he, he is just a kid. Um, I don't want to be, like, critical of his, you know, his attitude. I would just be hyping him up on the side. Like, let's go. Like, you're just as big as him. Like, go rub elbows. Go push him around a little bit, you know. It's just about being physical, and, and I think he will get there. Um, but overall, I think it's just a little bit of a concern for all of us Zag fans that, you know, we just don't have that classic Zag big man depth. Yeah, I, I think that concern was really sort of uh... – highlighted especially with the way timmy was playing in that first half i don't think i am uh out of line by saying that it was a very disappointing first half from timmy to see timmy the way he was playing against kansas and auburn um confident as hell talking trash to see him kind of playing with his tail between his legs against west virginia at least in the first half was concerning to see wide open layups where he's like not going at the basket, but sort of fading. I know what that's like because I did that as a short guy trying to play against bigger guys. And, and Timmy can't do that because he's a big guy. He needs to be getting dirty with those guys, brushing shoulders. And even on defense, the he just like couldn't box out West Virginia's bigs in the first half. Um, it was great to see him, you know, go into the, I, we tweeted it out. No one needed a halftime more than Timmy in this game. Timmy went to the locker room, figured it out. I'm sure you and, and, uh, and Tommy, you know, got in his ear a little bit. Um, but it was great to see him come back and battle back. Another positive takeaway from Timmy, despite all the negativity I might be spewing right now, is that, you know, he got uh, West Virginia's guys to foul out. All of West Virginia's bigs fouled out of that game. And maybe that has something to do with why Timmy was being timid um, in the first half. Maybe it doesn't. But he was able to continue playing that game continue battling despite these guys fouling him throughout the entire game. He was not in foul trouble. And so I, that there's a, there's a little, you know, positive you could take from Timmy right there, despite, you know, the timid first half. Well, I, I think Timmy did foul out, but like that was more towards when the, the game was finished. Um, but I completely agree where we definitely, Timmy had his worst half. I think we've ever seen against a very good team. But, yeah, I mean, Balo, I think, really is really beginning to shine. And he's doing this against West Virginia, probably one of the best, like, group of defensive bigs in the nation, or close to it. Probably, I'd say, top three. Um, so if he can just keep building that confidence and become almost like in, in you know, 17, like the J3 off the bench – like, obviously, J3 was a junior that year, and he had way more experience. He's more polished. But if he can bring that same energy like Jay Page was talking about on that defensive end, just the toughness. And, it was like, J3, like, in that tournament, 
was it some guy you did not want to match up against because he was just bringing that energy throughout the game and he was the intimidator, not the intimidated. So I think if Balo can step up into that and then Timmy can just keep doing his finesse big, I mean, it's a championship. Jake, that was pure electricity right there, calling him the intimidator, not the intimidated. I, we all okay. Here's here's where I will go with Balo. I remember two weeks ago, a week ago, we were, we were talking about Balo's just not there right now. After we all watched that Iowa-North Carolina game, boys, we are going to need Balo's size against Luca Garza. That dude is a freaking grinder. He is beefy. His size against Timmy, I just like, I don't know what we can expect Timmy to do defensively against his size and his aggression. I think you need, you need, need, need Ballo's just freaking monstrous body down low against Garza. And, and I don't want to say we need to, we, we'll get into this much, much later. I just think we're going to need Ballo as the season goes on. I'm liking, I'm liking where his kind of direction's heading, despite where we were at two weeks ago. Jake, I have yeah. a question for you. Uh, I think last week we were talking about Balo as, or maybe his nickname, I don't know, about the whole cookie thing. Oh, Where okay. is Balo now in terms of cookie dough to cookie monster? Okay, um, I think um, I, I was almost ready to have him be chocolate chip cookies, but uh, I think Jay Page said it best in the group text where the, the cookie dough has been placed on the baking sheet and placed in the oven. So they're they're looking, they're rising nicely, they're they're heating up. He's not quite chocolate chip cookie level, but he's getting there, and it's only a matter of time. Oh God, could the Iowa game create the cookie? Oh boy, could that could that could be the oven timer. You pull him out, out. December nineteenth, baby. Or could the dough just burst, and we have to start from scratch again? Maybe try oh, some. We could. Instead. We could burn them. We could Ooh, burn the cookie. That would be tough. Keep burn the cookies. No, I was just going to say one more thing real quick. You know, I think with Balo, I think you just got to tell that guy, like, every rebound is yours. And, and when you're on – I want you freaking banging bodies. I want you to make Luca Garza's life hell as much as you can. And I think – I don't know. You just got to get that guy fired up somehow because he is a unit. And uh, we need that size for sure. We need that size for sure. But – um I think that wraps up – just about wraps up this uh, Gonzaga segment. I'll ask the interns. I'll open the floor to them. Do you guys have anything to add to this uh, to this review of last week? I know Dan has something. Come on. you got to have something. I mean, I've, I've, I've said a, a couple things here. Um, I, I think one thing about our, our three-point shooting, uh, I, I feel like all of the shots have been in rhythm. It's been good offense. No one's No one's forcing them up with the exception of, like, Watson one time against Auburn. I remember it well. On the right wing, like, there was a defender real close to him, and he still chucked it up. It was a bad shot. But for the most part, I think we can get any shot we want anytime. And eventually, these guys are going to get their legs under them and be able to, 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 to shoot the three well. I think Nemhard, his stats weren't great at Florida, but if you just kind of look at his highlights, like, the dude can shoot from three. So if – if he can knock it down, Suggs is on the floor. I love a Yai and a little catch and shoot in the corner. I think the three-point shooting is going to come around, and then all of a sudden we're putting up 110. And it's going to be like, all right, these guys are unstoppable. I don't want to bring it up and harp on it too much, but, you know, obviously the Nemhard over Suggs in the starting lineup isn't going to work out this year. But 
do you think Nemhard over Watson is Ooh. actually going to work out this year? I, I mean, I think if it's, you know, if it's a, if it's a battle down the stretch, it's absolutely going to be Suggs, Ayayi, Kispert, Nemhard, and Timmy. I think that's their best offensive five. Without um, a doubt. That is was that, nasty. Do you guys follow Gonzaga Guru on Twitter? Because I think, isn't there something about like our lineup of death right now? And and I think that's it. And like yep. the, yeah, the offensive ratings is just stupid with that team. And oh, and maybe it's because we have five offensive players yeah. on the court. Find a weakness. <laughs> I dare you. Yeah. Or we have like three All American level guards in a <laughs> small forward and big. I don't know. It's either or. <laughs> but, Great uh, strategy. Go ahead, Coop. <laughs> and just to piggyback off, you know, Paige with the whole Watson, Balu, uh, his remarks, I fully expect both those guys to kind of come into their own when we get into WCC play. I think a lot of those easier games, those guys will find their offensive rhythm and be able to make it happen. Obviously, like, when you play Kansas, Auburn, and West Virginia, those are three, you know, not so much Auburn, but Kansas and West Virginia, those are two top dogs. So it's kind of hard to, you know, have this be your first two games and, like, come out and show out. So, yeah, it's a little disappointing that we haven't seen more, but come WCC play, play, I definitely think you'll see those guys, you know, ball out. And um, I was thinking of this earlier, but Balu kind of reminds me of the guy from Dodgeball, the one that's kind of the loser and doesn't really have, like, the, the anger – anger bone in his body but when he fully like embraces that he just goes balls to the wall <laughs> l for love yeah. l for love dude yeah he, Someone he <laughs> he's totally that guy so as i think when he like if you can just like get into him and like lay into him and he just he just like embraces that then watch out Dude, I feel like what or, or Bolo's kind of the guy right now that we're like yeah go foul him go like go get after it right now uh just put a body on someone that's what we need from him yeah oh, man. i mean i feel like it's his destiny to be like the steal from usc the thunder and lightning pair oh. of balo and chet oh. like it's just <laughs> mm, uh, you can just taste it like jake who's just, the thunder and who's the lightning who's reggie oh, i mean follows the thunder clearly he's the power <laughs> and the chet's the lightning because he can also snipe from three. Oh my but then God. everyone's just going to snatch blocks. I mean, and then you put seven Caden Perry. I mean, you know, spoiler <laughs> alert, we're going to win a lot of games in the next, like, five years. One other movie comparison to Ballo. How about Michael Orr in the blind side? <laughs> this team is your family, Michael. You got to learn to protect them. Ballo is going to get fired up and just drive people into the water cooler, just like Michael Orr. Absolutely. Yeah, we love oh that. Oh, my God. Love that. Well, boys, I think that just about does it for our West Virginia wrap-up. Great game. Good to see the Zags get another dub. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that, that'll just about do it. Oh, one little side note. I think it could be advantageous for the Zags to uh, use teams' physicality like West Virginia's to their advantage by getting them into foul trouble. I know it's kind of a weird way to put it, but – I think it helped us when those guys fouled out. So maybe something to think about with Mr. Garza on the horizon. Um, but with that being said, I'm going to hand it off to Zane for our uh, fantastic interview with Tyler Seth. And my former intramural boss, Coach Tyler Seth. Welcome to the show, Coach. 
Thanks for having me, boys. Glad to be here. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. We're happy to have you. You're probably, other than Dan, probably the most diehard Zag fan I know. Um, but first, I mean, you're, you're on campus these days. Off campus, we're all pumped about the, uh, the current Zag season. We're all hyped. What is the vibe like during this 2020-2021 season on campus? Yeah, thanks, Zane. Uh, before I get into the question, I just want to say how professional Zane is on this interview is just like not an accurate representation of him for all those listeners out there. So, oh, you know, God. take it with a grain of salt. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> um, campus is weird right now. Uh, you got to think like college is created to bring people together to socialize. And yet we're in a pandemic. And so everything they do is to move people apart. Uh, so I would give it like a d plus right now maybe to be on campus if you were a college student i think it's worse for the under you know like the underclassmen upperclassmen it's kind of just kicking it at your house with your friends which i think would still be pretty sweet but yeah tough year for college kids in general yeah and and i remember when dan and i used to work uh with you you would say how just like boring the summers were because no one's coming to the gym no there's no intramurals is that sort of like the equivalent right now on campus I mean, it might even be worse because oh. there's no weather, you know, like in the summer, at least I can go golfing, you know, after work, it's, you know, supposed some, if you've heard of those of you that were there. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's worse right now. There's only, I think we can have like up to 30 people in the gym, including the field house uh, due to all the guidelines. We're closed right now, actually, because of Washington state, but yeah, it's been rough. We miss, we miss the, the live campus. Did the, uh, intramural world just like completely shut down were you able to do kind of anything in the fall at all yeah we offered uh like social distance games um i invented a new game called coop ball not after your intern cooper uh, after my son i uh, don't want to confuse those two uh especially after the sugs hot take we know we know how that was um but yeah it's uh we did you know pickleball there's just certain games that you can play a tennis tournament and we've started esports which has been pretty sweet for those gamers like Zane out there. Hey, very nice. All right. All right. Well, uh, coach, I think we uh, really want to get dive into your days as a manager, as, as someone that is really an insider within the program that's been around the block for as long as you have just kind of going back to the early days. How did you uh, get that position of team manager going into your freshman year? Yeah, I um, my uncle has been around college uh, sports and athletics his whole life. He was an assistant coach at Nevada Reno uh, in the 80s. And so back then, he made a lot of friends. One of them was Coach Leon Rice, now with Boise State. Uh, so I actually went to Gonzaga not to be a manager, even though I was offered kind of like ahead of time. I could have gotten the job. Um, but I was like, no, I want to just be a college kid and, you know, party and study, obviously. Um, and then I took, uh, somehow I got thrown into flag football freshman year and my class had Pargo in it and then another manager. And so I just got to know those guys and I was like, shoot, this is actually kind of a sweet gig. These guys are like, you know, the real deal and Pargo. I mean, at that time, no one was bigger in Spokane. So yeah, I said, I'd like to help and they let me join back then. It was a little, uh, there's only like three of us. So it was a little different than it is now. I think they have like eight. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. Okay. What were those uh, like day-to-day -day responsibilities like as a manager? I think a lot of people, you know, just kind of see the managers dressed up, nice, fresh suit and tie, you know, on the bench, they're 
they're they're getting those chairs out as fast as they can at timeouts but those like day-to-day operations for you what was that like yeah um it's funny back then we didn't have like all the amenities they have now uh so usually had to get there an hour and a half before practice to kind of set up start rebounding for some of the guys um and then we also did the laundry so during practice we just rebounded sometimes we had to play like dummy defense which was the worst tell <laughs> let me tell you being a five nine not that athletic guy going against like Stephen gray and matt bolden just getting messed up it it wasn't enjoyable uh but then the we got team meal after which was always the highlight a free meal you know didn't have to eat the cog and then we had to do laundry which by ourselves so you would have to you know wash it it took like an hour and then you had to dry it and then you had to hang it that night um so i used to get a lot of shots up in mccarthy that was kind of a big responsibility of mine was getting a ton of shots up in McCarthy. I probably have the most all-time half quarters. I, I would put that down in the record books. And, and that carried over into the uh, Rudolph Fitness Center as well, if, I, if I remember. Um, did. So did you, as a manager, I would imagine at some point you had some sort of like, oh crap, or like, like so, some sort of like a moment that you were taken aback by how cool of an opportunity that is. Um, do you, does anything come to mind? Like, sorry, you're just like, oh crap moment. Yeah. I mean, my freshman year, uh, it's Pargo, Heitfeld, Austin Day, Stephen Gray, like up until recent years, I used to think that was the greatest team in Gonzaga history, just as pure athleticism and basketball talent. Um, but we were about to play UConn, the number two team in the nation at the battle in Seattle. And we're preparing for this game against like Jim Calhoun and like just the names I recognize, I was like, holy crap, this is a legit program. And I'm just this fly on the wall that just gets to watch this every day. And it's kind of, it was surreal, especially being just a huge hoops junkie. Being that uh, fly on the wall that, you know, maybe at that moment you're kind of realizing how legit the Gonzaga program has become or is becoming. Like when you think back to kind of what you would witness on a day-to-day basis, whether it's practices, games, whatever, what do you think was going on during that time that like has allowed for this machine that, that we see now? I mean, it all starts with Fuey. Uh, I'm the biggest Fuey fan. I would say out there when they do the announcements and they yell his name, I'm like, I always clap and cheer the loudest. Uh, so I think it all starts with Fuey. I mean, to think that a guy could have any coaching job in the world and pick Gonzaga. Uh, he gives a ton of freedom to his assistant coaches. I mean, that's why Tommy's been so successful. And now like, our heir apparent, you know, if Tommy ever left, we'd be in a lot of trouble. So I think it all starts with Fuey. And then he just literally, he's a great leader, just gives a ton of autonomy to his coaches. And then I think that just trickles, trickles down. Well, yeah, sticking, shout out, shout out Fuey. Sticking with Fuey for a second. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, for some of us, former students, um, current students, even, and just Zag fans in general, there's sort of a, a lore that hovers around Mark Few. Can you peel that lore, that curtain back just a little bit and give us a glimpse into what Mark Few is, is like as a person, as a coach? Yeah, I got a great story. When you said we were going to talk about this before, I was like, oh my God, I got it. And it just <laughs> happened. So I live up uh, kind of close to Fuey, like within a mile, I would say. He has his, you know, sweet spot and we're in the neighborhood. Um, but it's Halloween and we're doing like a socially distant, you know, like party with our kids. We all have like less than one-year-olds, a couple of neighborhood friends. And Fuey's youngest son is trick-or-treating, um, and he stops by our shindig. 
All right. So this is just a random Halloween. Like we're just crushing brew and hanging out with friends and Huey stops by and starts just drinking beers with us <laughs> and hangs out for like two hours. He's like, yeah, I really don't want to go trick or treating. And it was, <laughs> I mean, you hear all these stories, like he, you know, he likes to fly fish and he's this sort of guy, like he literally is who he is. And that's the, I mean, like how many D one top coaches, I mean, he's the number one team in the nation. He's the head coach and he stopped by on Halloween for, for a beer, which was pretty sweet. Beer of choice. What was it? He, he didn't bring it. I think it's what we had. I think it was a no lie, no lie IPA, you know, keep it local. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Probably hasn't had to bring a beer to anywhere in Spokane <laughs> for like 18 years. So. Yeah, nor should he have to. I think yeah. that is a good point. That's awesome. That is that is phenomenal, like firsthand. I think we have an exclusive story about Mark View on Halloween. What other podcast has that? <laughs> no one, one has that. That's a hot take. When you uh, kind of go back and, and think about just like your, your four years as a manager, uh, what do you think will be the highlight of that? Like what, whether it's a game, just any, any moment with the team. Yeah. A um, lot of highlights. So, you know, small ones, big ones. Uh, Give me a final one. four. Give me a final four of your, of your highlights. All right. We beat uh, St. Mary's my junior year in Vegas in WCC tournament. And we kind of had to win that uh, to secure going to the tournament. Um and then just Vegas after was freaking unreal. <laughs> First time there, and I get, like, red carpet treatment. That's the most you're getting out of that story. Um, <laughs> but another one was uh, I was a sophomore, and usually you don't travel till you're a senior, but there was, like, a gap in years. So there's a senior, and I was a sophomore. So we had a, I was going to travel the next year, and they wanted me to get some practice. So we went to Memphis. Back then, we had a huge plane, kind of like a commercial plane, but it was private. I never flown private charter, nothing. Wand you down, you know, like, oh yeah, no, you're good. Come in. They got like Gatorade and snacks. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and then I fall asleep and they had baked cookies on the plane and with like little cups of milk. I was like, what? Where are we? This is unreal. That was a highlight, you know, small. Um, senior night was sick. Got to have my family and now wife on the court. That was pretty cool. Um, and then the last, just getting to know the guys is like friends, you know, they're big celebrities, but had a lot of great social moments and yeah, good, good friendship still going now. So that was, those are the four. All right, coach. Well, I want to fast forward a little bit past your managerial days. You took a couple of years, a year, a year off in between. Uh, two, cool. yep, year and a half two, two. year and a half, two came back, worked at the Rudolph fitness center. You had the privilege of being the boss of, of myself and Dan here. Uh, what, what, how was it, how was it like coming back to GU off after those couple of years off? I mean, it was awesome. You get to go back to your alma mater. And as you said, Dan and I are, we're up there as Zag fans, especially the optimistic kind. So I was, I was fired <laughs> up. I was fired up. Um, being back, you know, this is a, just a little side note. This is another Zane shout out. I hear Zane, you know, talking about these freshmen, sophomores as, you know, basketball players and, you know, what they need to do on the court. And I like to just, you know, reminisce about Zane at that age. Okay, he had <laughs> hair down to like his shoulders, lower it, back. It was looking he, good. Oh my God. <laughs> Mind you, he's the only sophomore I know still going to like high school proms. Like, oh, I didn't know. Oh, what no, no, no. <laughs> day. oh no. I mean, he's a prom king as a sophomore in college. 
And so, like, when you're talking about these basketball players, you know, give them a little credit. You know, it's a growing time. I just think, you know, we all we all have a journey, and just be mindful of that. Then. <laughs> oh, that's um, unbelievable. So, Tyler, so you, what were were uh, Zane and Dan's boss for four years, I guess. Um, can you give us any highlights of theirs, or more importantly, lowlights? Is there any? Um, infamous stories we should know about i mean i don't want to bash them too much you besides know? prom besides prom <laughs> i mean you started pretty high so. yeah I, I mean that was i just go for the ko that was just a one punch knockout i mean there was a couple i don't want to you know infer anything there's a couple days that both of those guys should have worn a turtleneck to work you know i think that's fair to say um i don't know if they do that in their current employer um but again, it's a growing time. I was understanding. They knew, you know, they knew I knew. We didn't bring it up, uh, but those are some low lights, I would say. You know, um, but... go ahead. I would say Dan might have to at work now with uh, yeah. the TV appearances. But... <laughs> oh, he just wouldn't do that. He just wouldn't do that, I'm saying. I think they've grown since that time. Um, the funny thing is, though, they became supervisors, so they're actually really good employees. Dan kind of came out the gate strong. <laughs> Zane probably most improved if you would have <laughs> if you would have asked Zane's preseason odds as his first year of becoming a supervisor, they would have been very high. A like, huge underdog of, story. Huge oh, underdog story. Huge. It's like it the Jets win the Super Bowl you, next year. Yeah, Jake. <laughs> if you're taking the Jets next year to win the Super Bowl, that's what it looked like for Zane to be too. Man, the Jets. Maybe, maybe. How about we'll go uh, Eli Manning Giants? Uh, <laughs> strong, strong. But yeah, no, they were great, great to have. Um, and when I was there, I mean, I'm 23 years old, 24, so not too much older than these guys then. And yeah, it's nice to grow that bond. Coach, one of the uh, most recent posts we had on social media. I don't, I, and I'm sure you remember this because you were there filming it. Actually, was when Dan and I recreated the Jordan Matthews three. Um, we all know that that uh, only took one take, but you know, well, I, were you the, I, I don't remember who was the mastermind behind all that. Was uh, that you? was my idea. Yeah. My <laughs> idea. I knew you two would just love that. Obviously there was a little debate on who got to be Matthews and who got to be Nigel. Uh, but I think you guys, you know, worked it out. But yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Also <laughs> what a great, what a great play. Oh, where, where would that play rank for you as all-time Gonzaga plays? I mean, that's up there. That's got to be – I think it's safe to say maybe top three all-time. I mean, you got the Calvary. Like, we wouldn't be here without the Tiv. I mean, there's yep. plays like that. But in the recent era, it's got to be up there. I mean, and then what also people forget is Perkins actually blocked the shot on the other end to give us the transition. Who knows if he doesn't do that? I know Perkins gets a lot of hate, but that's a huge play. Oh, Perkins getting hate? No, not from us, Coach. Not, <laughs> not on us. this podcast. <laughs> no, no way. We love Josh Perkins. Yeah, you can never forget that it was Josh Perkins that blocked it because I got to be Josh Perkins on the block and Nigel on the pass. So I got to just be the best of both worlds that year. Yeah. I, mean, I think that uh, came after one of our uh, thrilling 8 a.m. <laughs> weightlifting classes. That oh. Coach, that Coach <laughs> always got to hear about. <laughs> oh my god i can't believe it. you guys thought you were just getting so small you're trying to be j page juniors and then you just you just didn't have it in you <laughs> we were there we, we were there for one for one purpose and it was to help teach Rui english and we did yep. a great job yep 
Hey, I mean, you got him to the league, right? I, yeah. Many people are saying that it's because of us. So, are you guys getting any royalties from that? I mean, he's doing. He did a, a commercial with Bruce Willis recently. Like, are you seeing any of that money? Uh, it's not a. It's probably coming, maybe a Christmas present from Rui, but <laughs> I'll be waiting for it. Coach, we uh, we wanted to bring up some uh, intramural moments for you, not involving any of us, because I think there's there's a moment that you can probably we've had enough about. we've had enough of those, Coach. We've had enough of those. Think about involving us in intramurals. <laughs> what what is like the moment that's happened on an intramural court or field that's like for you? It's like that is Gonzaga intramurals. That's why I love being a part of this, you know, organization. Yeah, there's my usually so as. Those who went to GU, um, if you played flag football, usually when you're a freshman, you go in and you try to be competitive um, and you think you're hot stuff. But everyone that learns after freshman year flag football is not regular football. I mean, we all can't be Dan leading, you know, receiver in high school, you know, <laughs> but that, that was me. That was me. Dan couldn't even be that Dan. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. I, had to, I mean, that's you're known for that. Hey, it's good. It's good. <laughs> but yeah, there was uh it was actually Brian Mary B. Mary's year. They like were freshmen and they straight upset a squad in Kane Deck doing laterals. Like they had done a different style of play. And I think they beat the like they were competitive. They won the championship doing laterals. And it was unbelievable. I'd never seen anything like it. And they were just super fast and playing unorthodox. It was kind of like rugby. Um, but that was like, okay, there's an upset, which kind of like we're known for at GU. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much a highlight. That'd be, that's a good game there. And then softball. I mean, anytime oh. you can get some dingers and I'm all for that. Basketball at GU is kind of like, I love basketball. It's my favorite sport ever. Um, but when you get to the rec level, you get people that think they're good that aren't, but because they're at GU, they think they're that much better. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, rec basketball is low on my list. Basketball is a bloodbath being out there both in the yellow shirt or the red shirt. You never know what you're going to get out there. You don't I actually have a, a question for you guys. Um, of the five of you here, who has the lowest winning percentage in intramural history? Jake. Easy. Jake it's gotta be Jake. <laughs> okay. It's okay, gotta okay, be okay. Jake. Hey, Wolverines. Hey, hey, Wolverines. Two things. One for the fraternity. We decided to start. I was the intramural chair, <laughs> like a team for every single league game type Two, like I grew up playing like none of the sports. Like I'm from Alaska. So I did like cross country skiing and swimming, which <laughs> you don't offer at intramural. So not fair. <laughs> and uh, uh, that is I would always make like two teams, the A team who, who like they kind of manage themselves because they're invested. Then I'd be the head of the B team. And, um, you know, we, we, we tried hard and we were all, we showed up and it was a lot of fun, but definitely a low winning percentage. I'd probably yeah. say definitely below 40%, probably like 35. Wow. Didn't give yourself enough credit. 41%. Jake, that's huge. That is true. I, I don't know. Biggest regret huge, is never huge winning. Huge, but the lowest. <laughs> I think, like, you know how everyone, like, makes fun of LeBron for, like, not winning the finals? I think I've been in, like, nine finals. No shirt. <laughs> like, mathematically, you got to win one of those, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
think I think you could just put your name on the A squad and got one, but <laughs> I should have done that. that then you don't get the satisfaction. Well, I do. I do remember in almost like our weekly meetings, every single time there was a question raised. Um, the Wolverines are scheduled. Zane, Dan, are they going to actually show up this week? Coming, yeah. <laughs> Hands up, no, nah, we don't know. That's the B team. Probably not. <laughs> Jake, hey, who's, who's got the, who's got the second worst? Second worst? Uh, I feel like I lost a lot. <laughs> I feel like I had a decent amount of losses. I didn't. I didn't win too many. I mean, Zane, any team I was on, you were on for most. Yeah, part. it's got to be close. Second and second and third have to be close. Actually, Cooper probably didn't win any if he's even on. If oh. he's even included here. Coop, Coop. I remember Coop one year <laughs> freshman football. Zane, you remember? He played quarterback for one play and just threw this <laughs> lollipop. It was a pick six, and he. Never allowed to touch the ball again. <laughs> uh, it is Coop. Um, yep. After his sug stake, I'm going to drop that as much as I can. After his sug stake, I had to check his stats. I wanted to see kind of what he was bringing to the table. Uh, he played on one basketball team in his intramural career. Uh, <laughs> he had a negative 20-point impact overall in the games that he played. Wait, wait, wait. You the have team. these stats available still? Are you I on the higher leagues right now? No, I pulled it ahead of time. I wanted to pull it <laughs> You're doing more research yeah. than we're doing. <laughs> I had to, had to look in there. But, yeah, Coop with the negative 20 plus minus on the squad freshman year. Oh, Didn't play amazing. after that. Didn't play after that. I think he's a freshman year only. <laughs> that's that's, one that's fantastic. Done. How many shirts have uh, you won, Coach? <sighs> too many. I'm telling it, this is straight up too many um as you guys know working for intramurals usually people that like obsess the sports play intramurals so that's the people that i kind of play with um so naturally advantage there um, a little bit of definitely a coattails kind of scenario yep outside yeah. of softball <laughs> i'd say coattails for sure softball i, I still hold my own I still well you're it. you're the only person i know in softball that has mastered the oppo going oppo yep. in softball <laughs> oh i'm dingers now zane I'm dingers now. Dead center dingers. Watch out. Speaking of softball dingers, uh, where does Jay Page rank in your uh, power hitter, uh, you know, power rankings, I should say? I mean, he's up there. The the K6 club, when you guys were clicking senior year, you guys were very comp- – like, all-time teams I've seen, you guys would compete. Oh. I, still, I still would take my squad. We had, like, five guys that were first-team all-state, but – I do think you guys would have given us a, a good run for our money, especially, I mean, I forget your shortstop's name, but that guy had a freaking glove. And then you was that guys. Kyle? It was definitely Kyle. Yeah. 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 I was going to not give him any credit, but. <laughs> Kyle, he, li- he listens nice enough. Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, nice shout out, Kyle. Good glove out there in short. But yeah, no, Jay Page was like an auto dinger. Then he had the arm sleeve, which might've docked him a point, but I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> Where does that uh, that uh, epic three game series between us and a Murph squad our senior year? Where does that rank in like oh, championship that, scenarios of all time I mean, meltdowns by a pitcher? I mean, you got to put Dan <laughs> up there with Kershaw for that one. Hey, they're cheating against Kershaw at least, you know. <laughs> Dan had no excuse. I, I swear to God, they were banging something on that on that on, in that dugout. They weren't hitting anything, but that was awesome. That's the first time we did like a three game series. Normally it's like a single elimination, like, you know, NCAA tournament, but no, that's up there. Cause you guys were like frenemies kind of like you guys liked each other, but you didn't, you wanted to win. It was a good, that was a good battle. 
a collapse. <laughs> for sure, collapse. A, a good collapse. Went up, went up early, and then gave it up all. Dude, Is that the year that Murph robbed the home run. I robbed the home run, Coach. We were no. just talking about this. No, no, no. There's another game. Murph robbed one too, where he like jumped over the fence and threw it back in play. Zane did that too. Nice, nice, <laughs> <Mookie>. <laughs> All right, all right. Let's let's fast forward a little bit. Let's get with the current times, Coach. You said it before. I'll I'll own up to it. In the past, you know, everyone knows their role. Everyone knows their role on this show. Jake and Paige, we have two guys that are raw, raw Zag fans. Me, I you know like to think of myself as a more realistic fan. I sort of you know analyze the uh, the, the the critiques of the team. You could say. Um, this year, I'm finding it hard to do. I'm finding it real hard to do. West Virginia may have given me a little ammunition, but in those first two games, man, what are you taking away from this team this year? I mean, I love the Zags every year, but this year we we fly. Like, we fly. <laughs> we don't – we have so much depth at the guard. I mean, if you had to – if I had to pick, like, a concern, it would be if Timmy uh, got in foul trouble. Um, but he's so smart. I think even if he did, he'd be able to – to balance it. And then Fuey would know how to bat. Like if it was the first half and he got three, I think Fuey would maybe even leave him in if it was a big game. Uh, but yeah, we were, you know, unselfish. We share the rock. We shoot the crap out of it. I mean, we're fun to watch. And we got the best recruit we've ever got in our nation, Suggs, who is starting at the one for us. Um, so yeah, I'm, <laughs> Zags are just nasty this year. Yeah, when was the like- first time uh, you just brought up Suggs? When was the first time that like, you heard about like the mystique of Jalen Suggs, like the possibility that, that, that he would be a Zag. Yeah. I might've taken the Zane approach on the Suggs train, being more of a pessimist on if we were going to actually land him because of how early I heard it. Um, one thing you'll know about the Zags recruiting, or you should know is they start early and they build relationships and that's how we get these guys. That's how we get some of these grad transfers, right? Like we get Wilcher and Nigel cause we had built relationships with them prior to their commitment. And we didn't give up on those. So um, I heard about Suggs probably like early, maybe sophomore, freshman, sophomore year about him. Um, and at that point, you know, I'm not really holding my breath. And then when it came down to the stretch, the the rumor behind the scenes was like, he's for sure. He's like 100% coming. And even then I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> share anything. But I mean, that's, he's just different. We We've had a lot of great guards, and he just – I mean, his first play is a dunk, an alley-oop dunk from a guard. I'm like, what? On, oh, on the former Naismith – Yeah, the former defensive yeah. player of the year. And the technical. <laughs> yeah. The craziest trifecta. <laughs> just go Zags. Go Zags. <laughs> um, tying it back to when you were manager, like who, like during your tenure at manager, was like the biggest, like not how they performed, but like biggest hype recruit coming onto the team? Um, I, I was in a very not great recruiting era. Um, my freshman year, we have Dimitri Goodson, uh, who great, you know, buzzer beater, one of the great shots, um, played in the NFL stud, um, Andy Poling, Grant Gibbs. So, you know, had good careers, but not big names. The next year, I think it's uh, Kelly Olenek. He wasn't, I think as big of a name then, obviously he became that, um, but no, I mean, Pangos was my senior year and Gary Bell. Gary, I mean, those were big names, but again, not, I mean, what is he, six? Was Suggs six in the nation? Uh, 
So not at that level. Just can't even compare them. All right, quick, quick piggyback on that one. And it kind of falls in line with my little pessimism. Um, <laughs> you've seen a lot of teams over the years, a lot of Gonzaga teams. Mm-hmm. I have a hot take that guys that helped build this program and helped got it to where it's at. A lot of those guys might not actually be able to make the team nowadays. And my hottest take is that I don't think Kevin Pangos would see very much playing time at all on this Gonzaga team. And that's no disrespect to Kevin Pangos. I named my dog after him, but I'm just saying this team currently, how do you feel about that? Um, I think for your scenario, you'd have to say like Kevin at a certain age, right? Like a certain year of his life. um, Because I think that dude shoots the crap out of the three. And that's that's relevant any year in college basketball. So to say, you, I mean, what he hit nine threes in his first home game. Like, I mean, to say you don't need Pangos on this squad would be not an accurate take. I don't know if he'd start. I think that's a fair, I think you could say something like that. Um, but he would be on the team and he'd help. I think that is almost a Cooper Suggs take right there. Pangos oh, definitely. I do. Okay. I, I meant to say not starting. I've always said okay. not starting. Okay. Uh, okay. What All, right. All right. Okay. Yeah. He'd probably be like the sixth. <laughs> Or seventh man. Well, well think about I mean, that. Nemhard. Would you rather have Nemhard come in the game or Pangos right away? You put them both Depends in, the game. and then you yeah. just have. That's fair. I mean, what we're showing twenty nine percent from the three as a team. We got to bring that up. And if you didn't have Pangos on the bench, you're probably like, okay, let's go. Also, I think I don't know if you Pangos like kept the thing going. I don't know if he built it right. Like, yeah, I think yeah, he came fair. in at a time that I kind of I kind of was alluding to guys like Pangos back in the day. So you I'm thinking of like, like Gary Bell, uh, David Stockton wouldn't, might not be on the team. Hey, he put David up 40 Stockton. points. Do you know his last game? Don't tell me the last game. He'd be on the team. He'd be on the team. <laughs> Never he forget would. that layup he had against Santa Clara. David like Stockton would be right next tournament. to Martinez Olauskas at and, the end of the bench. And right. do you see what he's doing now? He put up like 48 puntos the other day, man. He's <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did do that. He did do yeah. that. With Angel, right? On hell, yeah. On hell, uh, yeah. Former, <laughs> former boy, Angel, brother. Angel, we still never know what his actual name is. But uh. <laughs> All right, Coach. I will conclude this interview like we conclude all of our interviews. Where do the Zags finish at the end of this year? Um, Again, like I said at the beginning, I'm a huge Fuey fan, right? Uh, and his kind of take on college basketball is we're going to just steamroll the WCC. And then in the NCAA tournament, it is a combination of a bunch of things. I think we got the best odds to win it, but you need luck. You need matchups. You need the 18 to 22 year olds to wake up that morning and feeling good, you know, <laughs> which not always the case. Nope. Um, no, and then in the, in the COVID year, I mean, you got the mental aspect as well. So I, I think, I agree. It's like tough to say a team's a bust if they don't win it all, but my hopes have never been higher. And so that's, that's my hot take. I, this would be the closest, the closest to the bust you would say when it, win it all or bust closest we've come to that. No, the Nigel year. I mean, the, the natty year I was all in too. I mean, oh. Brandon Clark, I mean, not Brandon Clark, sorry, J three Shem. I mean, if Shem hits three oh. layups, oh. we win it. Oh. Uh, so I, I oh. think that was the most upset. Maybe also Wichita State loss I like 
I lost that. That was a very bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Nigel would be one that year, the Natty year. Like we had that. Like we should have a national championship, and this would be a close second. Yeah. Anyone else got anything thing. else? Anything else? Uh, I wanted to do one follow-up question. You said for the Jalen Suggs, like the rumor mill. It's like, Ooh. oh, this guy's a hundred percent. I know where you're going, Jake. Yep. What is? Uh, we don't need the name of sources, but what is that percentage looking like? I mean, it's it's looking strong. I'd say, like, of any uh, college team, you got to think we got we got one of the best odds. I'd say. I mean, especially depending on how this season plays out, how Suggs does, um, how he does in like lottery, like what they're talking about draft wise. I think that all plays a factor. Um, but I think we're more likely to get maybe a Chet than a Suggs prior to last year, just because of our skill set as a coaching staff and program of developing those style of guys. Um, I think it was more of a leap for Suggs to be like, yeah, I want to go to GU as a potential lottery pick as a guard versus a Chet who could kind of just build off with, I mean, we have an all-star in our alum now. So, I mean, it's, so, but I mean, I think we got good odds. I'd like, I'd bet on it. It's a good thing that, Suggs is predicted to go number one currently by several <laughs> media outlets. <laughs> yeah, that does not hurt. And I, obviously this is just my, my hope, but I could see like a WCC game, like not happening because of COVID and Fuey scheduling a team, like a top 10 team and traveling if it worked out that way. So I think we're going to play a lot of big games that maybe aren't on the schedule right now. Cause I mean, you heard how West Virginia happened. Huggy Bear was like, hey, Fuey, let's play. And he's like, yeah, like, just come on <laughs> down. Let's go. I think Fuey knows he's got a squad and he wants to just double down. So that's what I'm hoping for. Oh. Beautifully said. <laughs> so excited. I'm so excited now. I'm taking this as Chet's definitely coming. Lock it in. Yeah. I love it. Tweet it. Tweet it so that Tweet you can it. always retweet it. <laughs> Breaking news. Jake says Chet's coming. Jake says from Tyler. From Confirmed Tyler, from Jake, from Coopers. Tyler. Yeah. The guy All right, Coach. Tears with Huey. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, thank you for exposing a lot of my past. Um, great hey, to have you on. Great to see boys. you again. I mean, if you're looking for a part-time intern, would love to just shoot the crap with you guys. Um, but you know, I just, uh, you guys do a great job. Keep up the good work. And again, for all those listening, Zane used to root for Pepperdine when he was Davis, baby. Davis. So to hear him be just like a huge homer, just, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if I buy it yet. We got to see in a couple of years, maybe when we have a down year. I'm with you, Tyler. I'm with you. <laughs> we had to defend the Zags honor on a daily basis against this guy. And Every morning. Down. Every morning, Zane, the Zags are good. We're we're ranked. Oh, hey. you know, we don't play anybody. I mean, he was literally Trojans. Trojans are better. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, 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 don't bring USC into this now. Come <laughs> on. No one wants to bring USC into anything. <laughs> Coach, oh my gosh, great seeing you. You too. Cheers, boys. Go Zags. Cheers. Cheers, Zags. All righty. Great interview with Tyler. Thanks again for coming on the show, man. We uh, hope to have you on soon. Um, but with that being said, we'll roll, roll right into this week's gauntlet, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but everyone won last week, correct? 
We are all alive. Cupcake, wow. cupcake picks last week. Cupcake. Well, I mean, a lot right. of cupcake picks yeah. lost. Seattle losing <laughs> to the Giants and the Steelers losing to Washington. So there's no cupcakes in NFL. Ooh, I'm last this week. Damn, I didn't realize that. Wait, Zamblin's not here. Do we have he to get... texted his yeah, pick? Yes, okay. I I got his pick, but Jake could steal his pick from him if he wants to. <laughs> well, I know yeah. I know his number one pick, and it should be my number one pick. The Packers over the Lions, but I just want to say it right here. I will never choose the Packers. Yes. Wow. <laughs> no, yes, Jake. That is honor. That is Freaking honor right there. I love one, it. One has Zambi's pick. He's already taken the Packers. We're picking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Minnesota Vikings. We got Tom Brady off a bye, off a bad loss. Oh, yeah. Um, it's the Vikings. They're super inconsistent. They can limit Dalvin Cook with the run defense. Lock it in. Tampa Bay over the Vikings. I think that's a great pick, Jake. Great pick. All right. Zambi said uh, he likes the Colts against you-know-who, boys. The Raiders. <laughs> I don't think that's a good pick, but all right, Zams, we'll lock it in for you. Colts at the Raiders. Colts are three-point favorite. Nah, I don't know. All right, it's to me. Ooh, boy. Wait, hold on. Hold on, Dan. Hold on. I got I got Dan on the line right now to discuss. Oh. Wait, yeah, wait. His pick would have been the Packers. Go ahead. Zambi, go ahead. You already took the Packers. Yeah, so we're getting down to the last. Uh, oh, he did. Teams. I was mentioned that I have already chosen the Green Bay Packers, so I will not be going with them. But the Phillip Rivers interception bound Colts. That is my pick this week. I like it. All right. No questions. Thank you, Zamblin. <laughs> See you, buddy. Okay. Feel better. Feel better. <laughs> All right. Okay. So Colts over the Raiders. Damn. I got some options here. Uh... Colts over the Raiders is a little bit of a sketchy pick, I feel like. I, I think so, too. I was not going to take that. All right. I'm doing it. I don't love it, but I'm doing it. The Seahawks are not losing to both the Giants and the Jets. The Seahawks bounce back at home, and I live to see week 15. I think that's a safe pick, Daniel. I think that's a very – I mean, the Jets actively tried to lose to the Raiders, so I think you're good. Oh, don't get me going on that. That was not an active loss. That it was, was, an, was an active, active loss. loss. That, that was wasn't... Greg Williams being an idiot. Yeah, I'm fired. sure like the owners like, hey, I'll pay you twenty million dollars. No, they fired him. Jake, game. they fired him for that. They fired him because it's he's called in- under the table. You gotta that's make a cover up. Up, that's know. a cover up. It's a cover yeah. up, big time cover up. Oh, I will never ever agree with this take here. I mean, probably yeah. met in a parking garage. Of <laughs> a course that will not be named agrees with me. He's an ultra aggressive coach. Tuck, does Tuck agree with you? No, talk, talk. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle agrees. Kyle agrees with Coop. It was an ultra aggressive coach. It was a good play call if they didn't bring in the tight end to block two. Okay, time out. Not a good play call. But they were just trying to bring the heat on Derek Carr. And with, if, in a Hail Mary situation, Dan, the only way that's the only way you beat a Hail Mary. 
I mean, the guy fell on a double move, too. It was just bad football all he across the board. He didn't fall. He didn't fall. He just got beat one-on-one. On one. He bit on the double move, is what I'm saying. He fell for the double but move. But why, why even give you the give yourself the chance to, like, fall for a double move? When it's, <laughs> yeah. Where is okay. the safety? The blitz has nothing to do with the corner not having a cushion on the outside. Dan, the you don't go one-on-one on one in a Hail Mary. That's a wide receiver and a quarterback's a dream. It's not just the one-on-one. It's the blitz. It's the Henry Ruggs can literally do one thing, and that's beat you. So, like, <laughs> give him 20 yards. Yeah, okay. That has nothing to do with the blitz. That's what I'm saying. You can't justify the blitz, Dan. You can if you if you watch that game. No, you can't because you got fired for doing the blitz. All right, we're getting fired deep. for the overall operation no, of the defense. It was the one play he got fired. Regardless, regardless, the Seahawks are a safe pick this week. <laughs> No, whether it's incompetence yes. or intentionally trying to lose games, I'm taking the Jets, the Jets again. Bad. Although, watch upset out. of the week, Zane's upset of the week. The Jets defense without Greg Williams, they might be world beaters. So let's see. <laughs> Gosh, all righty. Well, that wraps up our gauntlet this week. Good luck to you all. Not really, but hey, it's whatever. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I think that just about wraps up our show. I'll uh, I'll open the floor to you guys right now. Final comments, you know, maybe something you're watching this week, something you're doing uh, to get through this. Uh, I feel like we're all now in quarantine with Zag basketball in quarantine. So how are we getting through this 10 days, boys? Battle of L.A., USC, UCLA, Saturday. Oh, my God. Right on. You know what? <laughs> this is actually like UCLA's actually been kind of playing a good style of football recently uh they they kind of had it they're kind of taking it with oregon for a little while i i don't know i mean this this game only matters because i just absolutely despise ucla um i don't hate notre dame i kind of respect notre dame's tradition at least they have one ucla doesn't even have one to fall back on they're just a crappy football team that happens to be at the same like school that is excels at basketball 50 years ago um can't wait to see the Trojans beat up on them. I hope they do. Other than that, thank you, Coach, uh, for coming on the show. Um, I took my hits, and I take them like a man. <laughs> ton of fun having Tyler on. That was a blast. Um, I, think, I think game of the week for me uh, this Sunday will be Baylor versus Texas in college basketball. Chaka Smart's team, very tough, very hard um, – Hard team to beat, but I think Baylor will win. But um, I hope Baylor will win too, because I want them number. I want them, you know, the ripest when we beat them. I want them to be one apple. when we beat them. Push us back to two. Let us be. Let us beat them when when they're one. I don't mean that. I don't mean yeah, that. I want to still be There's one. no <laughs> way anyone's gonna put. Actually, I could see the AP doing that shit. It's like we don't play for a week and then they bump us down to like five. It could very, it could very well happen, and if Baylor notches a big win against a Texas team, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know with the amount of votes we're leading them by, I doubt it. But regardless, it'll be a good game. I think um, I think Texas will cover, but I think Baylor will win. Gotcha. All right. Well, I'll definitely be watching that basketball game and uh, probably placing some wagers here or there, as we usually do. But uh, I think with that being said, yeah, thanks so much, Coach, for hopping on the uh, the pot. And I uh, will see you guys next week. Toodaloo. Stay safe. Care, Go Zags. Everybody. Let her gang.